we've all got ups and downs because the world's intense. How could you find out what to pair with your life events? A cocktail will never fail to provide a lift. Just raise a glass with your friends and let's drink about it. Welcome to Let's Drink About It, the show where we proceed from the premise that every life event has a cocktail to go with it. I am your host, Chris Bowman. I'm your other host, Ben Harrison. And with us this week, uh, a return guest, our lovely and talented, our lovely and talented, the lovely and talented Chris Berube. <laughs> I think he's ours. He's ours. You can claim it's me safe. as your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. You That's guys, how I think of you. You it's guys fine. broke me. In the years <laughs> since I've been on your show, so many yeah. things have happened coming out of my appearance on your show. Uh, <laughs> nope. And I got to yeah. say, yeah, you guys, this is a real it's launching stopped pad. stopped in the airport all the time. All the time. People are just like, uh, oh my God, you're that guy who saw Fifty Shades of Grey that one time. <laughs> you're so brave. Like, we're just, you know, it's like we couldn't have done what you did. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a lot you of know, a lot if, of very, very proud people. Well, Chris, well, Chris if, Bowman, we've had a real cavalcade of uh, public radio heavy hitters we in have. the last mm-hmm. several episodes, haven't we? We have. We sure have. Keeler, you guys get Garrison Keeler? No, he's coming up. Uh-huh. He's coming up. He's on his retirement tour. Now would be the time to get him. Oh, yeah. Snag yeah. him. He's on his like five year long retirement tour. Snag him while he's lukewarm. Yeah. <laughs> Snag him as his ember fades out. <laughs> Snag him right before they burn Lake Wobegon to the ground at the end of in a cathartic pyre, as, uh, as Garrison Keillor calls it a career. Uh, I like to think that Lake Wobegon is flammable. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's like a lake. toxic lake. Yeah, it's like yeah. one of those lakes that has so much toxic waste in it that it'll catch fire it's at like some the, point uh, and never stop burning. Yeah, it's like the Love Canal in Niagara Falls. Yes, that's um, right. But uh, for those who don't remember, Chris Berube is a beloved past guest and a producer on Q, the CBC radio show. Mm-hmm. Unless things have changed since last I talked to you. Uh, nope, still still doing that thing. Uh, still queuing up. Yeah, still queuing up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Delightful. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, here we go. It's going to be a long show. Chris, it's going to be all like this? Settle in. <laughs> yeah. Ben, what happened to Ben since last? Sorry. We talked a year ago, and like he, he was, seemed he seemed to be on a good run at that point. I think he like, was recently uh, at high elevation. Might be suffering. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we uh, get into the meat of the show, I just wanted to put this on people's maps. I was on uh, another uh, radio heavy hitter past guests podcast uh, recently our friend uh, Andrew Walsh uh, has a new show called After These Messages with his partner Genevieve and it's a show where it's all about TV commercials and uh, I went on to talk about booze commercials uh, hmm. since uh, I guess that's part of my personal brand yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I listened to this episode and uh I say home run hitter a lot on this podcast because uh, I surround myself with them. Ben, you did a bang up job, buddy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I had a lot of fun, and I think uh, anybody that likes this show will like that show quite a bit. And uh, uh, you know, it's it's a it's such a fun subject matter to take a deep dive in because so much of advertising is either amazingly entertaining or angering or just baffling. <laughs> it's yeah, that sounds like a really. I mean. Um, I did enjoy. Do you guys know Clive James? He's this like Australian critic guy who, no. uh, for a long time on the BBC, did a show where he'd just play ads and then talk about them afterwards and just be super <laughs> smart. Like he basically mystery science theatered like crazy British TV ads. I, nice. uh, yeah, I've been looking for a podcast like that. That's great. That's very exciting. It exists. There you uh, go. Unfortunately, it's not British ads, which uh, I feel like would probably make much more delightful fodder, but, <laughs> you know. We're we're limited to what we got down here in the uh, in the states. So yeah, I mean, all American advertising, as we know, has to be uh, very factual. It's very it's carefully very, regulated. Very highbrow. Very uh, yeah. All extremely low budget. 
No, not a lot of money in advertising. Not a lot of money in advertising no. these days. No. It's a real shame. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's the one. It's the one area of our national uh, personality that we're, you know, restrained. I would say. I would say so. Otherwise, I mean, otherwise we're very hedonistic and over the top. But that one, that one thing, we really kind of, we kind of keep it chill. <laughs> I think your your president Trump is going to do something to kind of turn. He's president now, right? Is Trump president yet or is that uh, he's actually a supreme leader? I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We've changed the title. I'm so um, sorry. You, uh, uh, we're excited about it though, you know. He he can do no wrong. As far as I'm concerned, that man could build a wall. He's going to build the wall himself. What are what's he talking about with that wall yeah, thing? He, he's going to he's going to build it himself and then he's going to make Mexico pay for it. Oh, all, that's right. All I know yeah. is that he's got an eye for entertainment that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's uh, fun recent. to watch. A lot of dance Fun troops. to tell a pollster that you support him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do you think it's something where people are just like, every time they get that call, they're like, it'd be kind of funny if I, I want to give... Come it's on. Like, I like this pollster guy. I want to give this guy a laugh. <laughs> I want to yeah. see how he's doing. <laughs> of course oh. it is. Well, uh, this isn't a political show, so let's get our get that hot potato out of our hands. That's, all I, talk, that's I, all I want to talk about. Yeah, I just want to drop that potato. Chris wants to pick it up. Yeah, I want to pick it up. <laughs> you guys, here's... Look. We need to talk very seriously about an issue that's very close to my heart, this wall between Canada and the United States that Scott Walker <laughs> wanted to build. Let's, like, let's drop that curtain, you guys. Do you remember? There was like, so Scott, Scott Walker was like, damn it, I live in a northern state. It's so hard to be a xenophobe up here. Oh, it was so fun because like, Trump announced the Mexico wall. and that, Sorry, we will talk about the actual <laughs> yeah, we're, stuff we're talking about on the show. Um, Trump announced the Mexico wall, and then the next week, Scott Walker was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to build a Canada wall. And then they interviewed Trump, and he said, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And, it, and Scott Walker must have been like, wait, what? How did, something. I did it wrong? How did I yeah, do yeah. it wrong? I was just trying to do what that guy was I'm doing. following that template, that crazy template. Uh, ugh. They're all dirtbags. Yep. All dirtbags. Life events. This week, I have decided to deconstruct my uh, recent dog-sitting adventures. I need Ooh. a drink for that. Um, well, keeping with the theme of politics, I am here in New Hampshire on the front lines of the current political campaign Wow! Uh-huh. down here in the U.S., and I need a drink for that. It's fiery hot there, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Well, on an equally important note, <laughs> I just finished the original run of the X-Files. Yes. And I absolutely <laughs> need a drink for that. Wow. This is going to be the the most the least timeless episode of Let's Drink About It because we're going to be talking about the New Hampshire primary two weeks before it happens and the X-Files one week before the new X-Files show comes back. <laughs> yep. It's going to be a good time. This so one, people, you know, guys, we're we going to... do this for our listeners, you know? That's true. <laughs> it's, really a, is, it's really a time capsule of that week before a bunch of stuff happens. This is going to be that... was excited about. This is going to be that uh, one of those episodes that it gets aired for the week before the next episode comes out and then we... This one disappears. It'll be the last oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. Oh, the this last is, episode, yeah. yeah. Is that if they invented that technology, like someone's going to come to your house and like take your hard drive and wipe it off? Just just take away one podcast yeah. episode. That's it's, it's going to be like that Mike Daisy episode of This American Life that like oh, yeah. nobody has a copy of anymore because they took it out of circulation. Oh yeah, yeah, right. That fraudulent. Is that, is that the guy we're talking about? Like you the, can say. Uh, it, the, I, I mean, look, I didn't actually finish the X Files, and Chris has never met a dog before, so this is <laughs> the show may also have to be retracted. And I'm actually in Iowa. Uh, <laughs> Chris, I am giving you this week, a very uh, momentous week, the Fox Mulder cocktail. Oh! Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it's an ounce I and a half. 
I feel like this should be called the Fox Muddler po- cocktail, and there should be some muddling. You know what? The I Fox think it's Muddler, a real, a real missed, missed opportunity. opportunity. You're right. right. You're absolutely right. But there is no muddling involved, so let's make another one and and make it a Fox Muddler. Okay. Oh, this is a is great f- listener challenge. Yeah. Come up with a come up with a good muddled drink, and uh, and uh, call it the Fox Muddler and send it in, and then uh, maybe like a a sherry based cocktail called the Dana Sherry. Is I that like good that. for Scully. That's okay. That's, uh, it's like that's almost you know, there. That's a that's in the like neighborhood a B- of okay. Minus. Yeah, uh, that's not bad. I think Go, I want come this. up with a better joke than I just came <laughs> up with and send that in. Well, How I want that? I want this uh, fox muddler cocktail to be garnished with uh, fox tail, which is apropos of not X Files, sure. but the fox that uh, we're talking about. Could we could we have one called the Lone Rum Man, which is just uh, straight rum? Yep, the Lone Rum Man. <laughs> I think that's perfect. It's like three shots of rum. Perfect. Three different kinds of rum. Three different kinds of rum. Yeah. Uh, so, it, okay, the Fox Mulder cocktail is an ounce and a half of rye whiskey, uh, three quarter ounces of lemon juice, a quarter ounce of pineapple juice, half ounce of simple syrup, and a half ounce of green chartreuse. You're going to add all ingredients except the green chartreuse to a shaker filled with ice. Shake and strain into a rocks glass over fresh ice, top with a float of green chartreuse. Ooh, so, Chris, wow. have you had green chartreuse before? I have not had green chartreuse before. Is that to give it kind of a an alieny color is that the idea of having it because like so. there's yeah okay. it's also like that's uh for someone that's never had uh, green chartreuse before this layer this first this top float mm-hmm. is going to be uh your first challenge oh interesting yeah okay <laughs> yeah. so what what does green chartreuse taste like like what am i in for here um that's that's uh it's a good question Maybe it's a, let's it's, just say it's a, it's a vegetal liqueur it's uh mm-hmm. got some sweetness to it i uh I think that black pepper is the dominant flavor. At least it is to me. Mm. I think there are people that disagree with that, but okay. it's a, it's a, it's a real yummy. It is really uh, nice, but spirit. it's very strong. Um, ben, yes, you're going to be drinking um, because I threw a dart at uh, political terms and came up with. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I came up with a filibuster cocktail. Ooh. So um, it is one and a half ounces again rye whiskey. Three quarter ounces of again lemon uh, juice, a quarter ounce of maple syrup, uh, an egg white, a dash of bitters, uh, and a lemon twist for garnish. You're going to uh, measure and add the rye whiskey, lemon juice, maple syrup, egg white to a cocktail shaker. Shake well to emulsify. Um, then add ice uh, along with the bitters uh, and less garnishing with them later, uh, and repeat. So strain into a chilled martini glass and garnish with an optional twist of lemon peel and/or some bitter uh, bitter foam art. So I know you're a, a, a noted foam artist, Ben. So um, give us your worst, friend. Uh, unfortunately, I pre-mixed uh, the spirit part of this cocktail when I was in Brooklyn before I drove up here to New Hampshire. So uh, I won't be able to uh. grace our Instagram feed with any foam art. But uh, uh, okay. And I also uh, very cavalierly assumed that there would be equipment to mix a cocktail when I got up here. And <laughs> the closest thing they have to a shaker is like a little orange plastic jars <laughs> so <laughs> well, it, we'll see how i do it doesn't help that new hampshire is a dry state is it one of those dry states where you're not uh, able to drink alcohol no uh, i've seen liquor stores i don't know i don't know what the laws are here uh, uh, i choose i choose to ignore them yeah um lawbreaker uh chris you're going to be drinking a mezcal bee's knees mm. um so this is a traditionally a gin cocktail and a classic cocktail which i'm not sure if we've actually done I a think bees we, knees uh, on the show. Pretty before. sure. I'm pretty sure we did. Oh, okay. I was like, I think we did like a bees knees number two or something. But yeah. Oh. 
Well, we got to do the number one at some point. Yeah. But uh, here's a different variation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two ounces of mezcal, uh, three quarter ounces of fresh lemon juice, three quarter ounces of honey syrup, which um, is two parts honey dissolved into one part hot water. Um, shake the ingredients with ice until well chilled, and double strain into a stemmed glass. Garnish with a lemon peel. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, and that's the bee's knees. Sounds good. What to do me. you say we go make these beverages? I say yes. I say now. Make those drinks. Cheers, fellas. Hey. Uh, cheers. Um, I chose to make mine in uh, over ice, uh, despite the fact that it was called for being served up because they had much Ooh. better looking like glasses it. for that here, and I prefer drinks over ice. Sure, why not? Fair enough. Um, what do you, what's the first impression there, Chris? First, it's sweeter than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, when you were talking about the chartreuse, uh, you were making it sound as though this was going to like attack my mouth. Right, right. Uh, well, it, is, it, it is sweet. And there's also, I think, half an ounce of simple syrup in there. So. The syrup, I, I can taste. I feel like that's like one of the, the major notes. I like, so for those wondering if it's like a super green, like toxic waste looking cocktail, it's not. It's actually like kind of a, uh, it's kind of like a, a very similar yellowy, in color to the two very cocktails. Very similar to your, your yeah. color, actually, Chris, but it's kind of like more of a, a yellow green color. Trade Swipsies? Is yeah, that let's trade, a, yeah, let's do right. that. That's because it's a naturally green uh, liquor, not. Not made out of food coloring. Um, That's but, uh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So it's something where... What, Fox Mulder. You, you went wow on the... Fu- it's very delicious. Yours is more boozy than yeah, I thought yeah. it would be nice also. Though like I guess, yeah, I get, smoky, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Smoke is not, gonna, is not going to let you ignore it. No, it's all the you way can, there. You can tell. By the way, I thought of another X-Files uh, cocktail name while we were uh, well, oh, making the drinks. Awesome. What was it? Uh, the, the vermouth is out there. <laughs> I like it. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Less warm. Ben's ah. a little less warm. Um, I like the Fox Mulder a lot. I feel like there's a bit like I'm starting to get the chartreuse. Like you get the chartreuse in little bursts. I feel like like mm-hmm. some sips you don't have it, and then some sips it's like really present. In yeah. It. Yeah. It's like uh, some episodes Dana Scully is prepared to accept that there are things that she can't mm-hmm. explain with her science, and in yeah. other episodes she just is like. The exact same character she was at the beginning of the series doesn't yep. believe any of it. I, She's been abducted some, by aliens. Some and episodes she just doesn't believe any of it. Well, exactly. Like some episodes, Jillian Anderson is there, and some episodes she is clearly pregnant and is wearing yeah like a lot of very flowy clothing, and then gets abducted for a while. You know, whenever she starts wearing like flowy clothing, it's like Uh-oh. I think she's going to get abducted again soon. <laughs> yeah. I actually had this like uh, the same epiphany uh, as Fox Mulder did at the same time in the show. Like, pretty much what you're speaking to, what you're you're uh, mentioning here, Ben, is like, uh, how many times does Dana Scully need to sort of like, you know, just revoke uh, the mystery and just insist on science? You know, and uh, Mulder says like, how many times do we have to go through this? And I'm like, thank you. Obviously, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, come on, uh, this. We have to be kind to this because it does come from an era where people didn't sit and watch seven episodes of television back to back. I have thought That's about true. that. I have thought That's about that. That's a very that. good point. Mm-hmm. But um, it is. But I mean, the X Files isn't like the two of them were on the show for seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. by the end of that, it is a question of yeah, she's been abducted by aliens. She has autopsied some of these things. Yep. Yeah. She has had the government kill people close to her. Like, how is she not? How is she still like? There's got to be <laughs> yeah science. There's some explanation yeah. of all of this, right? <laughs> oh boy. Um, um, 
So did you have to do this, or did you do this in a short amount of time, Chris? Uh, fairly short. I started late last year, uh, just because I knew we would be doing something at work for mm-hmm. the X-Files, mm-hmm. uh, and we are going to do a, an interview coming up, which I'm very excited about, mm-hmm. with some actors who were formerly on it. Uh, mm-hmm. And also just, you know, for personal interest, because yeah. I saw certain episodes when I was a kid, I wanted to verify that it was, like, it's one of those things when you're a kid, and you see something, and you think that's the most adult, scary thing in the world. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was so scary. Yeah. Oh, it's and it is, and some of the episodes are still, still legitimately terrifying. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And but it is funny watching it all the way through because you you really see the flaws show up. There's there's like a lot of, I mean, and I think uh, it seems like the actors are also totally willing to admit this. They're like, yeah, there's some good good episodes, but there's a lot of yeah. A lot of padding it out. We had a to lot get to turkey. Some weeks we had to get to forty-five minutes, and we were not sure how. Totally, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, the, the monster of the week episodes, I I'm only just coming around to. Like I, yeah. some of them are good. Yeah, some of them are good, but most. I feel of them like are some not. of those are like the ones that are the most scary, though. Like, That's oh, they are. True. I mean, yeah, the, definitely, yeah. So, so for those not like super familiar with X Files, it's it's a series that has kind of a long running storyline about uh, aliens colluding with shadowy figures potentially part of the government to mm-hmm. take over the planet earth and those those episodes kind of happen like every four or five uh episodes and so you'll you'll get a handful of them per season and usually the you know the first and last episodes of the season will deal with this overarching story and that's called the myth arc mm-hmm. but then the majority of the episodes are just you know Mulder and Scully are often like Battle Creek Michigan looking for some forest demon and yeah. those are called monster of the week episodes right yes uh two two things to the uninitiated two things uh you must know going into watching x files is don't eat while watching x files and don't fall asleep while watching x files that's true both <laughs> of those are very like i've fallen asleep i've fallen asleep and woken up in the middle of you know with headphones on no less yeah. and like woken up to like some screeching creature uh, <laughs> and then like the imagery on the screen is just like like quite startling. Oh you know? yeah. yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah, it like gets deep into the like when you're super relaxed, it goes all the way into the center of your brain and doesn't leave for a little while. You, I, I can understand how you would fall asleep though, because it's something where there's a lot of episodes where there are long stretches where they have to pad it out. So the two of them are walking through like a dark tunnel or a cave yeah. or a field, and they're just flashing. They're using flashlights and just looking around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. the music really tries to sustain the tension, but like it really like when it's like four minutes of that, like it Man. gets it gets to be a lot. And when the music isn't that good, uh, yeah. some the of the episodes series, not that good. Yeah, it's not good. Like you know, uh, synthesized strings uh, are very. Uh, very like obvious nowadays. Like yeah. you know, from nine, early '90s technology on a synthesizer, it sounds like someone's plunking a keyboard and oh, yeah. they yeah, programmed sure. it to sound like strings. Um, now, but, do I remember correctly that Skinner, uh, their boss, is like the boss of the entire FBI? He is. He's assistant director Skinner, so right. he's the, Skinner. the deputy boss. Eighty Skinner, and he's the deputy boss of the FBI. Also, so yeah. so, so so Fox Mulder and Dana Scully report directly to the number two man at our nation's <laughs> biggest law enforcement agency. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, they, uh, they, I seriously, some of the... Like, how much closer to uh, the like center of the government can you possibly be than my boss is, like, probably briefs the president once a week? Well, what's, what's great is every time they talk to Skinner about, like, their powerlessness, and he's just like, there's nothing I can do. Right. This, yeah. goes all the the, this goes all the way to the top, which is one, one dude. One person away. <laughs> <laughs> probably the next office over. 
But there's yeah. like there's uh, something I learned about the FBI is that they don't have very strong batteries in their flashlights because they're constantly nope. going out, constantly going, and uh, not a lot of light switches work in America apparently. Mm-hmm. No, a lot, oh, of, yeah. a lot it's of flicking. It's a, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like that, that that sort of like. Ah, these cursed lights. You it's know, a like, constant mm-hmm. problem. You know, I'm thinking about uh, voting for Rand Paul because that's like a major plank in his platform. Get the goddamn lights working. Let's bring get let's, some good batteries for the FBI. Let's true. make America light again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not actually thinking about voting for Rand yeah. Paul. Just yeah. for anybody, you're not, you're not thinking about Rand, voting for Rand Paul. You've decided you're doing to vote for it, Rand yeah. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's okay. So I wonder for you guys because you guys have clearly also watched some of the X Files. Do you think it holds up? here in the year 2016 as a show like because a lot of other shows from that era don't really hold up in terms of like we're used to watching a different type of tv show now as you mentioned ben yeah it's not so specifically episodic and like week to week mm-hmm. um what what do you think do you think there's stuff about the x-files that holds up today um you know i i uh i remember re-watching most of it uh when it first came out on netflix uh i don't know i feel like that's six or seven years ago maybe now sure. but uh i remember really uh enjoying rewatching it um so i don't i don't know if i uh i don't know if i have anything i mean i i think that like i think that it's very easy to pick out the things that are cheesy and stupid about it yeah and i i think that like a lot of the stylistic things that are not like super contemporary feeling are like what allows us to tick off the cheesy stupid things like mm-hmm. i think our con- our contemporary shows are equally if not more stupid like oh, yeah. but they're they're so like they're so stylish and they feel so hip and cool and now that yeah we ignore that i mean like i don't know i i can't really watch a lot of contemporary tv because i feel like i'm just trying like they're just trying to trick me into thinking it's good yeah right i'd i'd rather watch something i know is bad uh, I mean, I think I think you know early early like the first season in particular X Files is a slog. It's tough to get through. Because it's very low budget. The first so season, so low budget. Like, right? like you can tell when they're like the the episode where they go to Alaska, for example. There's like stock footage of a plane flying in, and you <laughs> never see them board the plane or get off the plane like, because <laughs> they couldn't afford a plane. Like it's there's so many things where it's like. Not only couldn't they afford a plane, they couldn't afford to put up like a piece of plywood and paint some airplane livery on the side of it to just make a door. (laughs) Not even. Not even that. Uh, I think it's easy to forgive a lot of this stuff. I mean, you know, you can just write it off as it doesn't translate these years later or, yeah, there wasn't a budget. But there's like an innocence to some of that stuff, you know, like there's like this early. It was like early when like one of Fox's first shows, wasn't it? I think it was was kind of the first breakout drama on fox i believe yeah, yeah. and i mean it kind of it, or drama as you guys would refer drama to. yeah there's drama. a real sweet spot in there like there's some good stuff on the yeah. x-files but uh yeah. i'm i'm at season seven uh, i think i was mm-hmm. watching episode six before you got here chris right, and uh um uh, you have since finished it and you've uh been so kind to warn me as the uh the garbage that lays ahead so <laughs> well uh yeah so there's a thing like I feel like the X Files was always trying to be a really progressive show on a lot of issues, and sometimes they accomplished that, and sometimes they were very far off the mark on that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff in the later seasons about uh, Navajo magic and stuff, which I feel like is a little uh, little off putting. Yeah. Oh yeah, anytime uh, mm-hmm. anytime a TV show does any Native American stuff, it's just yep. like uh, Star Trek Voyager, a show that I uh, 
I feel like for Star Trek fans is already problematic. What, the uh, the second in command on Star Tr- on the Starship Voyager is a is a Native American character, and about every three episodes they find a way for him to like shake some bones attached to a stick and <laughs> pray to his ancestors. And it's like, mm-hmm. how how did this guy agree to this? This is the most offensive thing I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, but it's also something where it's like that was probably one of the only roles where you could be identifiably a, a First Nations person or whatever he you know whatever his um, specific like heritage was and it's like yeah, yeah. that's uh kind of as good as it's gonna get for that guy yeah but it'd be like so, if you had a gay yeah. character who's like yeah i know i'm the you know i know that i'm the executive officer on this ship but i don't right. want to wear go-go boots on the bridge <laughs> you know and it's just like that's not okay we're not cool with that as no. an audience so you're yeah. saying that go-go boots are the gay equivalent of bones on a stick to <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Yes, in stereotype terms, yeah. I, I, I stand by that, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Yep. Yep. Just making it clear. <laughs> oh, no, our, our listeners are going to hate me so much. <laughs> oh, man. Look, we're just talking about how pop culture got these things wrong. I don't think it, yeah, I, I, right, it's right. incumbent on us today to look back at this and go, like, we're doing so much better. Like, think of all the prominent uh, Native American and First Nations characters on all of our major TV shows The problem shows has now. been erased. The problem right, has yeah. been solved. Yeah, we yeah. can look mm-hmm. back on the X-Files with a clear conscience. <laughs> Let's give ourselves a pat on the back, guys. Uh, Good work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, so, so how much of the X Files had you watched as a kid? Were you kind of a sneak downstairs when it, it's on type of kid, or were yeah. you old enough to watch a lot of it? Or I was not that old to watch a lot of it. Like it was, it came on when I was seven, and I think when oh, I was about good. ten, my parents started letting me watch some of the episodes of it. So it's a th- like I saw the finale. I vividly remember watching a lot of that last season, um, but yeah. it's something where like I hadn't seen, like the second and third seasons are both pretty strong, I mm-hmm. think, and like those are, I had not really seen those before, so watching those now, it's kind of like, wow, I totally get why this was a huge show, yeah, because the second season has clearly started giving them actual money, yeah, and that's right. when like people who would eventually become famous people start, like if it started clearly becoming a pop culture phenomenon, so they could get like cameos by like jesse ventura and you know people like like great actors like peter boyle who's legitimately a wonderful actor to come on and do a one-off episode and give like a real performance Mm -hmm. and not just be showing up to do like a day rate thing right um and that's when it gets really good so i'm really glad i got to see that i'm less glad that i also decided to stick it out to like the point where the bad guy from Terminator 2 replaces Mulder. Yeah. Because <laughs> Mulder didn't want to be in the show it's, anymore. I forgot all about that until uh, just either yesterday or the day before someone mentioned that. I thought, oh, oh my God, I forgot entirely yeah. that David Duchovny left. Well, yeah. this to, to date this podcast very specifically to the week before the X-Files revival comes out. Um, the <laughs> X-Files revival, like uh, I did see like a press release about it. And Chris Carter, who created the show, was like, all your favorites are back. Like... Mulder and Scully, Doggett, and uh, that other one. I'm like, who is Doggett? Oh, right, the guy who replaced Mulder. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be in the new one. What? Wow. And it's like, good for him. Good wow. for him. I'm good glad he's him. working. Way to go, Robert Patrick. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's, or at least Annabeth Gish is back, who is like the uh, the Dana Scully replacement, which, why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's clamoring for that. Uh, and yeah, in, in a, sh- a scant six episodes, they're bringing back two people that nobody really wants to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, which means I'm not sure how I feel about the, what, what that says about the rest of the material, you know? They're padding I, it out with two. I really hope it's like, like, I don't know how you guys felt about the new Star Wars movie, but I hope it's the way the new Star Wars movie was like, you guys love Admiral Ackbar, right? We're just going to put him in a scene. Right, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. 
He yeah. hasn't aged a day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like, hey, remember all those characters that were notably killed off? Yeah. Oh, spoiler Good news. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't, Admiral Ackbar was a lot. No. Okay. I don't want to. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Characters die sometimes in fiction, and you have to <laughs> grapple with the real world implications. You know what? One of my favorite things about um, the early X Files, like before they moved it to Los Angeles, uh, the Canadian extras. That's great. Unbelievable. I like, some of the best performances you will ever see on television comes from i mean and not, not even the extras per se but like the you know uh the the main character of the the monster of the week story happens sure. to be you know some canadian actor that that was their big break yeah and uh they acted the hell out of it and uh <laughs> you know maybe, maybe a little over over maybe overacted the hell yeah, out of I it yeah i think i think yeah. that's what i meant to say yeah maybe I, there wasn't any hell left in the episode <laughs> after they left yeah. because there was so much acting going bit of a, on a bit of a scorched earth performance yeah um, well, it's fun. I was looking into it, and like the lone gunman, those uh, the guys who are like the conspiracy theory buddies who mm-hmm. like help Mulder with all his conspiracy stuff. Um, so well cast, those super guys. Yeah. super perfectly cast because it's like three very different types of conspiracy theory guy, but they're all very recognizable. Like there's the one in the suit. Yeah. There's the there, one with the long short hair. Guy. There's a short guy with glasses. Yeah. Um, and it's and they're like, all yeah. like dudes that you've seen at a nerdy thing that you went to. You know, hundred percent, a hundred percent. And like all three of them were like one of them was a stand-up comic. One of them was the assistant director on the show, <laughs> and the other one was working at a library. Nice. And like the three of them just kind of got caught up in this thing and became famous people because they like just happened to look right. Okay. To now be for in the for the benefit of myself and the listeners, the stand-up comic was the blonde-haired guy. That was the guy who looks like Garth from Wayne's World. Yeah. Who was the director? <laughs> the uh, Frohickey, the short one. He, was the, he was the assistant director on most of the run of X Files. So, like even wow. later episodes, you see his Tom Braidwood, the actor's name, show up in the credits as like. Wow! Assistant oh, so he's yeah. he's the one that was really making money off this. Hand oh yeah, that guy cleaned fist. up. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had a spinoff. Did you guys ever see the Lone Gunman yeah. spinoff show that mm-hmm. predicted, yeah, and, it predicted nine eleven? Like, <laughs> predicted nine eleven. Yep. Uh, it did. It, it was, for real. Yeah, I know. I saw it online yeah. the other day, but I haven't. So what happened exactly? Uh, so there's an episode. It, the first episode of the show yeah. uh, is about a conspiracy theory for the government to crash a 747 jet into the World Trade Center to start an international arms race. What? Yep. And what? it, uh, like the lone gunman, end up, spoiler alert, if you're ever going to watch the lone gunman spinoff, uh, they <laughs> stop it from happening. But they have like a long scene where someone's explaining like, why would you ever crash uh, you know, a, a plane into the World Trade Center? And someone's like, there are all these dictators who will claim credit right away, and then that'll give us an excuse to start selling arms and start so a war in the Middle East. And, so and, it, and I think, actually, as I remember it, mm-hmm. they don't actually stop the plot, but a plane crashes in and jet fuel can't melt steel, so it winds up not really being that big a deal. Yeah, that's the everyone's like, there's no way that was... No, come on. <laughs> uh, no, they, Well, like, yeah, it's just kind of like super eerie that it presaged... Like actually, not just nine eleven, but the major nine eleven conspiracy theory, which is that the government yeah. deliberately did it to like crazy get oil from the Middle East or whatever. Um, yeah, and uh, and also, I have some serious questions about. Uh, do you guys have Marion Cotillard's nine eleven truther? Did you guys hear no. this thing? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! This is gonna Weird. be a two hour. This is gonna be a two hour episode. Uh, Marion Cotillard. <laughs> here are things Marion Cotillard does not believe in uh, that we landed on the moon. She is skeptical of that. <gasps> uh, oh my god! She, she does is... not believe 9/11 was committed by Osama bin Laden. Wow! Wow! Marion Cotillard is uh, is officially out. Oh wow! I've, I've, I've taken her off off it, the list. Oh man! It, I, just, yeah. I just that just clinched it for me. She's in. 
Oh, not, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Like I, that mirrors my own thoughts. You like that she's an independent thinker? Yes, I do. No, no, she just he just likes that she's not on my list. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, that would be awkward Who, if you hey, guys ben, had overlap. Hey, Ben, list. who's not on your list? Okay, they're all on mine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You get this would create a real tension in your relationship if you guys, yeah. uh, if both of you met Marianne Cotillard and uh, and we got to talking about our lists. You got mm-hmm. to ta- yeah, as you do when you meet famous people. <laughs> You know, it's funny. You're on my list, and you're not on Ben's. I don't know. Yeah. And Marianne Cotillard is like, uh, please keep a distance from me <laughs> more than several feet. <laughs> oh, and man. also, uh, also, uh, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we Does, can talk is all she, day. Is she planning on casting a vote for Trump? Is uh, like how how great how deep does the rabbit hole go? Dude. Do truthers like Trump? You okay? Let's Ben. Yeah, or, I just read uh, an article about the like the head of Trump's Iowa get out the vote uh, campaign. Uh, campaign is is his 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 main job is operating a nine nine eleven truth website, and the cool. campaign has oh, repeatedly asked Lord. him not to talk about that when he like goes door to door trying to get volunteers. I think it would be easier to fire him. <laughs> that seems like a much easier <laughs> thing than. Trying to cover up the fact that this guy has reprehensible trying theories. to contain this nut. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. What's it? So what's it like in uh, in New Hampshire? And we can say you're on the Martin O'Malley campaign, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want I want it to be a white man, but not an interesting white. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a white man who like kind of broadly believes in the same stuff everybody else does. <laughs> yeah. Um, Se- how- seems seems nice enough. Yeah, uh, and that's why, I mean, you were really gunning for that uh, guy who was the governor of Rhode Island or whatever that other guy was who dropped oh, yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, uh, the guy wanted Lincoln to introduce... Lincoln Chafee? Lincoln Chafee wanted to introduce the metric system. That was like yeah. this first promise he made on the campaign oh, trail. Oh, man, poor guy. Yeah, you can't really run for president if you sound like you're going to give me a rash between my legs. <laughs> um uh, can't, uh, so what's it like in in New Hampshire? Uh, it's cool. You know, it's a it's an interesting state. It, we are in a very rural part. Like it's a the uh, the town that um, my wife is is living in is like a real you know one horse type of town. Mm-hmm. There's like two restaurants, a church, a couple of vape shops because those are apparently everywhere and two, two and restaurants like, and a couple of vape shops like there are as many yeah. vape shops as there are restaurants there's like a subway and three vape shops <laughs> that's like one strip by the way chris yeah. you know there's a vape shop down the street from you now right uh it's called vape hustler vape hustler yeah yeah <laughs> and, I, I look at it every day i walk past and there's like one one glass booth uh full of vaporizers and uh not much else but yeah. a, a lot of cool dudes. Oh, obviously. I mean, it's the place is packed. Yeah, all the time. There's a lineup of cool dudes waiting to get in. So you're in rural New Hampshire, where yeah. you've got some yeah, probably not as up, cool as Vape Hustler, but still. I'm, <laughs> I'm just up here chucking clouds with. Chucking <laughs> clouds. Is that what these New England people? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, no. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I uh, I helped clouds. my wife do some canvassing today, which is uh, mm-hmm. the. Uh, the fabric of choice if you want to drive around and go door to door and uh, ask people who they're voting for. Right. Um, which I stayed in the car for because I would not ever want to talk to somebody about something like that. Uh, I think I think it paints a real pretty picture of you and your wife going door to door, Ben. Yeah, yeah. And the dog dog in the back of the car. It was yeah. cute. Um, Except you stayed yeah. in the car and you ruined that picture. I mean, she has a tough job. Like She has to ask people like not only who they're voting for, but if they're 
if they're committed to like sign something that says that and then uh i guess they like mail that slip back to them like the day before the election which has some statistical influence on their likelihood to actually go hit the polls Mm -hmm. um that's interesting. So but, it's uh, a, it's something where it's almost like a, a reminder that it's like, oh, by the way, you believe this. Just a heads right. up. Huh. Yeah, it's like if you sign yeah. some, like it's not binding, obviously, but no. if, if you sign something and then you like see it, there's like it, it. I think that like they're dealing with like single digit points of influence. Like this has a two percent chance of uh, making you more likely to to go to the polls, and huh. and so it's a, it's really like it's that granular. Like they have lists of all of the people that have ever voted in a democratic race and uh they're broken down by like all these different metrics like you know what they're likely is to vote at all what they're likely is is to vote for the candidate and all that stuff so it's very exciting it's it's crazy hard work like i'm not cut out for it at all Mm -hmm. i'm uh i'm a real bum compared to my wife i guess real stick in the mud (laughs) you just don't like meeting people right like you just i'm not i'm not into it no you don't like Like meeting the salt of the earth types in new hampshire i'd rather hang out with salt of the salt of the earth really makes me uh very uncomfortable i'm i'm kind of a kosher salt i was gonna say salty salty earth really makes you thirsty which is yeah yeah exactly you only yeah Uh, you you're one of those sea salt type of guys you see the recipe where it's like sea salt and like pepper from morocco and you're like yeah that's the only (laughs) acceptable it's the only way to only way to fly i mean ben Mm -hmm. has said to me uh many times actually in the past Mm -hmm. uh when when uh i get say jealous of something he's doing or like an event he's going to or someone he's hanging out with i'm like oh man i wish i was in new york and ben's nine out of ten times like i would rather be doing nothing yeah <laughs> wow I, i'd rather be at I, home. I, I, if i could send chris out to do all the shit that i have to do yeah if you could trade places. all the shit that i have to but here's the thing it's like when you say you're going to do something it, like it's the fact that you're going and meeting up with like like whoever we're talking about and then if you take yourself if you could send me in, in your place it's like well that defeats the purpose of me being jealous <laughs> like now i'm just hanging yeah. out with someone i barely know you know where like Can- you're the connecting factor in the so yeah. I was like, okay, I guess I'm just taking up this awkward cause for Ben. I don't may, know. may I ask uh, for you two guys, uh, so okay, a scenario for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of you are uh, peeing in a wishing well at the same time. Yeah. And it gets mm. struck by lightning and you switch bodies. Yeah. Um, would, <laughs> ben and Chris, how would you feel about that trade? Because it sounds like Chris really wants this high-flying New York ben lifestyle. Would ben would wake up in a fucking nightmare. More, ben would wake up in a nightmare. Ben, would want, ben wants this night- more domestic kind of life. Yeah. I, well... First, I would have to I would have to kill my body so that it stays away from my wife. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Well, let's take that out. Let's no, no, just okay. take that out scenario, of the equation. Your yeah. wife, your wife has uh, left you in this scenario. <laughs> oh, oh, this is getting yeah. real good. I'm trying to. I, okay, so your your wife. Has, <laughs> this sounds great. This your sounds wi- great. Your wife Rube. has left you for Governor O'Malley. Can we arrange this as soon as possible? Or <laughs> you like, two, okay, your wife has left you for Governor O'Malley, and you two on a night of the town to help you forget your troubles, pee into a wishing well. We can well. arrange the peeing into a wishing well real soon. That's easy. Yeah. yeah. And that, during a lightning storm. It has to be during a lightning <laughs> storm. And we have to be holding a kite with a key. <laughs> yep. uh, tra- so, yeah. yeah so take that off the table. You guys, you guys would trade. I feel like you guys would be, you'd be down. You'd be like, Let's Ben would lose goes. every job that he'd worked so hard to get. Um, I'd, uh, yeah, I feel like neither of us would be very good at the no. way the other person makes money. So. No, hmm. no. I, uh, I, I, I would dare say, like, just day to day, day to day. Like, 
we can uh, hang out, get along like like a house on fire, Ben and I. But I think like if we were to switch places, uh-huh. Ben would first of all. Here's my thinking. This is what Ben would think. It's like, what the fuck does this guy do all day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that you would probably think the same thing about. Well, me. then, cool. We're fine. We, let's switch. It's great. Well, here's what I want to know, Chris. In this scenario, do we keep our brain chemistry? in the other body or do we inherit the other person's brain chemistry because no. i feel like i have a lot of problems that would really knock chris on his ass and vice versa yeah i think i think uh oh shit so you kind of get to see wh- how the other person's mind works yeah that would be a way more interesting experiment i think it would be that uh would be. um is it an experiment? Okay, let's right? okay. Let me let me put it this way: face-off technology is. Real. <laughs> um, so let's 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 we'll call up John Woo and get this shit. Call on up the John road. Woo, yeah, who, yeah. as far as I'm aware, invented a real face-off technology to make the film feel more realistic. All right, right. Guys, um, I went to the uh, special effects shop where uh, they made all the all the creature effects for face-off. What? And they had. John Travolta and Nicolas Cage's naked bodies lying <gasps> lying there like with like apparatus to make them look like they're breathing and everything and the wow. faces could come off and switch Wait a it second. Was is this one like, of the coolest things I've ever seen. Didn't, wow. Weren't you somewhere like where some guy has this as a coffee table or some weird like somebody? Uh, it's some not weird... as a coffee table, but it is like out in his <laughs> in his shop. It's like available okay. to look at. It's like it's, that'd uh, be the weirdest coffee table and the best coffee. Yeah, table. it's like John. It's like Nicolas Cage's naked body. Yeah, <laughs> and he's and got it's like, like a, he's got like, like one of those Tashin books on it, one of those art books that you mm-hmm. get in a bookstore. Yeah. Like, or Tashin. Yeah, it's like a twenty five dollar yeah. art book. That Tastefully placed to conceal, and no one wants it, so they mark it down a bunch of times yeah it's yeah, uh, easily placed to conceal uh, <laughs> this is the floor yeah. copy of the test <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah uh they're they're like perfect like you you walk in and you're like i can't believe i'm standing in a room with nicholas cage and john travolta n- nakedly taking a nap yeah. like yeah it's, it's like that plausible like you your body has a really hard time kind of dealing with the fact that those are not real humans wow so is there like a does he flick a switch and they start breathing yep whoa it's like the that button that you would have on like the case at a natural history museum to make the animatronics get right are you sure this was at a workshop and not the smithsonian (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah uh, it may, may have been. I can't remember. I was very drunk at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know how everybody gets hammered and goes to the Smithsonian <laughs> in Washington? Mm-hmm. Wait, so can you yeah. can you give us a little uh, uh, insight into how Rachel's uh, in, uh, liking her experience? I think or she's liking it a lot. You know, it's it's she's surrounded by these very ambitious and, and uh, interesting people who have walked away from lots of interesting uh, life things to do this and um and i think that's great for her um yeah she's yeah. uh she's hoping to stay on through the general which uh is you know partly up to the campaign and partly up to the american people mm-hmm. <laughs> right uh but um but yeah it's it's a hoot and it's uh it's also been just fun for me because it's like snowing here and hmm. we brought the dog up it's the first time he's ever seen snow and he's like cool. romping in it like yeah. a crazy man Aww. and uh like I like he didn't want to come back inside this morning when I took him out. He's just like racing through the woods. Now like that's pretty crazy, cool. Crazy person, and I was chasing him. That's pretty and cool. And I think was, like most dogs, when they see snow, they, they when dogs see snow, they look at you and like you're fucking nuts if you think I'm going out there. <laughs> you're like I don't need to pee that bad. No way. Yeah, yeah. 
so that was good. Um, you know, New York's been very warm this winter, and mm-hmm. it hasn't really felt like anything. So yeah. getting some snow in has felt great. Cool. Yeah. And ta- I like my drink any- a lot. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, have you, just- ta- have you tapped any syrup trees yet, being in New Hampshire? You know, we're on uh, a, a road called Sugar House, and uh, I keep asking, like, is there an actual sugar house at the end of this road? Or can we go get some sweet, like, local-ass maple syrup? And people look at me blankly i guess i like i don't know what that what the deal is with that like people don't know that a sugar house makes maple syrup for some reason but i guess yeah. like none of the people here are actually from here they're all like in here for the campaign it's right. probably like maybe one of those things where there was a sugar house at one time they just right. all, left, all that remains is the name yeah but um this drink actually has maple syrup in it which yeah. uh, makes it an appropriate it's i guess it's a it's a whiskey sour essentially right right uh, with with maple syrup instead of simple syrup, is yeah. that the? I think so. It's like yeah, close anyway. What uh, it was lemon. Uh, yeah, it's lemon maple syrup, rye, oh, yeah. egg white. Yeah, bitters. That's, that's it. Yeah. Oh and yeah, that's right. It's, I, a, it's called the filibuster because it tastes like uh, Ted Cruz talking. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, mm, wordy. Uh, uh, yeah. Well. Um, so any any highlights in the, like the short time that you've been there? Um, well, uh, you know, I haven't really done that. I'm, I'm a little bit like, I've been, I I recorded a podcast yesterday and I'm recording one today. So I've been a little bit focused on like having that actually happen. (laughs) So I haven't, I haven't actually pitched in that much, but, uh, we went out canvassing today. So that felt like something. I have a question for you, Ben. Yeah. Recorded a podcast yesterday. Are you, uh... So you're just like I'm making a regular thing of stepping out on me. Is that it? Is that it? Is that what's uh, I I told you about this. No, Chris, I don't think uh, you did. Chris, I think I, I did. I'm I, uh, I'm working on a podcast project with uh, Adam Pranica. Ben's uh, what? Ben's one of the Gilmore guys. <laughs> 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 they invited they invited him in. They had a secret ceremony where they uh, did a blood oath, promising they would watch all the episodes of Gilmore Girls together. Mm-hmm. Now that is immediately forgiven. Ben, this please, is why enjoy. In, this is why he's in New Hampshire. That's the only <laughs> state where there, there's like legal loopholes to allow a Gilmore Girls based podcast to exist. <laughs> yep. That's, it's the only state where Gilmore guys are allowed. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's totally right. It's like, you know, the like constitutional prohibition against Gilmore guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Man, tough to repeal something on the Bill of Rights, but uh, I kind of think we should do it. <laughs> it it is, um, but I mean, look, this is like President Obama's got one year left. He has yeah. maybe one big push in him. It's gun control or this Gilmore guys deal. <laughs> and or, gonna, or curing cancer. One of the three. One um, of the three. One of the, and Lord knows he's going to accomplish uh, gun control or cancer cure in the 12 <laughs> months he has left. Oh, looking forward to it. Um, no, but uh, uh, yeah. So I've I, uh, been working on, on a podcast i deal with with pranica uh, beloved past guest of this show and uh i don't know if it's uh, we recorded like a a first episode which we may or may not put out but mm-hmm. i think uh i think it should be coming out some semi soon awesome cool I'll, I'll announce it when it actually exists cool chris i swear to god i, I texted you about this you know what, ben i don't want to talk about this online we're gonna take this <laughs> offline and we are going to talk <laughs> We're, we're really gonna talk, Ben. You don't, uh, you don't see this because uh, I'm, I'm here in Toronto with, with Chris. But he's got a, a small flat rock and a knife, and he's sharpening <laughs> the knife against the rock. Wow! Very oh, that's savage. Menacingly. 
Yeah, normally um, you can hear everything that goes on in my apartment, but you can't hear a, a knife on a rock right no, now. No, no, no. It's weird. It's silent. <laughs> yeah. It like that. It's the sharpest knife I've ever seen. <laughs> and that's just how good Chris is at, I guess, the art of murder. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, yeah, Chris, Chris, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to do a podcast with Chris was that if somebody needed to murder somebody, I wanted to know that we had somebody on the show. That I thought I thought you were going to say one of the reasons I wanted to do a podcast with Adam Pranica, so I'm not with a homicidal <laughs> maniac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm, I, for one, am excited about this uh, future project. I mean, who doesn't love Adam Pranica? And you yeah. guys will keep doing your show, right? No, like, this that's is not going to affect it. No, it's yeah, the last episode. I'm, yeah. I'm replacing Chris with Adam. Or it's just let's <laughs> think whole, about it, but with Adam Pranica. Yeah, you're going you're to have one episode where you realize the first 100 episodes or whatever, if let's think about it, were Adam Pranica's dream. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of them are just him and Ben Episode 100 is right yeah. around the corner. That, that's what's going to happen. Um, uh, hey, Chris, Chris, talk about this dog. So, Chris, yeah. you sat on a dog? Sp- speaking of things, yeah, speaking of things... <laughs> You could hear around my house while recording. Uh, yeah. Uh, so recently, I mean, I, I have never owned a dog. Ben, you've got a dog for the first time, or did you grow up with a dog? I had a dog as a kid. Okay. And I now have a dog lying next to me. Okay. And and Chris, have you ever had a dog? I I did. My my uh, family had a dog growing up, and the dog was there before I was there, so it was a hostile relationship at best. Okay. Uh, with me and this miniature nice. miniature schnauzer named Bug, who was oh. very territorial. Um, and my mom has a dog now, and I had a rabbit. I thought that would be easier than a dog. <laughs> right. And it's like not a lot of uh, nipping dude, in Dude, never get a rabbit as a pet there. Stupid as shit. <laughs> it is incredible <laughs> how dumb they are. Like, rabbits remember apparently up to three words, and one of their name, like, his name was apparently not one of those words. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pro dogs. Just cool. because they're, uh, general, they're smart enough to be, like, a pretty good pet and... Dumb enough to still be controllable. <laughs> yeah, it's in that dumb like, enough to be diagram. Fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dumb enough to like have a pretty good time with. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this dog uh, belonged to a friend of mine, uh, and uh, Judo is the dog's name. And uh, Judo, Wait, the dog's name was Judo. Yep. And his his nickname is Rude Jude. So uh, <laughs> and and uh, the dog have a good the dog have dog have a good toot. <laughs> yeah, bad, terrible toot. Uh, but. You know, it, it doesn't take long to find out why he's got the nickname Rude Jude. So, like, you take him out for a walk and, you know, and he's a little dog. I mean, he's not really much of a threat. You know, he's what got kind a, of a dog. Uh, he's like a, a cross of something. Uh, he's a, <laughs> a, a chihuahua and a, um, he's like a long haired chihuahua. He's a chihuahua and, and another chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a thoroughbred chihuahua. A thoroughbred. Uh, <laughs> A purebred, rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I like no thoroughbred chihuahuas. That's gonna be the new thing. <laughs> it's the size racing of a horse. Chihuahua. Yeah, it's yeah. a race, <laughs> racing chihuahua. <laughs> You've seen them. You know what they are. Their legs are crazy long, given how small <laughs> yeah. they are. Yeah, we were thinking about making him a chihuahua de guerre, but he's so beautiful. We made him a chihuahua de parade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the muscles, dressage? the musculature on this chihuahua, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, like the hind legs. Uh, oh, yeah. So much, power, so much power. Those are some sweet, sweet, <laughs> tiny haunches. Uh, at the top of some very long, skinny legs. Um, <laughs> and then it's always cold. <laughs> it's like, it's so beautiful when they, when they, when they race because at the end, they're just like shaking. Uh, um, we, need so, we need a composite drawing of this, this dog we've just described. <laughs> <laughs> like with a tiny saddle? Is there so a many, tiny jockey? So many listener challenges this week. Is there like a Ken doll jockey? Like what do you do to make this like a, a racing chihuahua? 
nothing. It's just it. That's it. They're born. They're born to race. Um, uh, <laughs> um, so you know, we'll take. I, I would take Judo out for a walk, and and uh, it would com- be completely at random. He would just decide, as dogs do, that they don't like a person. You know, sure. like, this person's approaching you with a weapon of some kind, and they don't take kindly. Mm-hmm. And it just goes for, or you know, they've got a shopping bag or something in their hand, and they just go for Judo. Just goes for this person, and so you got to keep him on. I was advised to keep him on a short leash, and uh, and I did, and it was fine. Um, but what I what is interesting to me about having a dog around the house is, uh, like right away, being someone who uh, has lived well with a roommate, but basically you you you're kind of free to come and go as you please, and you realize very quickly what a selfish fucking existence you live, you know? <laughs> and like I don't really ever have to think about anybody else. I mean, yeah, of, of course I think of other people, but like I don't I'm not responsible to anybody. So, you know, uh, I basically very quickly got into the habit of thinking of this dog and the dog's needs and and then to the point that for days after like it was only a week or eight days or something i think i had him and um but for like days after i would be out and i would like immediately break into like panic like oh shit i gotta feed judo like it just went (laughs) and like i hadn't had the dog for like three days at that point you know you you know this is the speech people give when they have kids right and you're giving it about a dog you had for eight days (laughs) yeah you're like it really changes your life like it really puts things i'm telling you chris i'm telling you like well you know um i just can't wait for the day where i put my child's food in a bowl and drop it on the floor (laughs) (laughs) but uh but he uh, crawls over to eat it yeah and it's like no, you're not sleeping in a bed. You're sleeping out in the hallway in yeah. a fucking child bed. Yeah. That's where you sleep. Um, in a child bed that feels like a beanbag chair, <laughs> like my dogs sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you really quickly accustomed to having this little animal around. And, like, I always wanted a dog, you know. And once you get past the personality differences, because this dog very clearly had a personality. Wait, that, a personality difference between you and a dog? Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Okay. But, you know what I mean? Like, there's a definite, no, this dog is yeah. a definite personality. It's like... Yeah, no, he's not going to want to do something. Like if you try to shoo him off the couch, he looks at you and he's like, yeah, I, I wish you would. Yeah, give it a try. You know, get me off this couch. And, you know, so he's just, uh, he's got this attitude, right? And um, and anyway, so I wouldn't let him, like, he would sleep in the room with me. I was told he had to be in the room. And I think he typically sleeps in a, like, a human bed, at the foot of a human bed or something. But what this amazing little dog does is, like, uh well like climb up into your bed and then like kind of nudge the covers and want to get in under the covers and then he becomes like <laughs> this little like hot water oh, bottle that's fun. it's oh. so amazing that's so he like sweet. he would climb in and just like curl up and just like like right beside you like nuzzle up against you and curl up and then he would stay there for the entire night it was like the best thing uh and when i say entire night i mean like 40 minutes at a time uh, till he decided he wanted to bark at the neighbors upstairs all night long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, eventually uh, he went home and uh, I got word from my friend uh, that when he got home, she, she told me he slept for two days and I did the same thing because neither one of us slept for like the whole night for like a week. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, because I couldn't get used to having this guy around that much and he didn't want to be here. So uh, lesson learned: Don't have a dog. Get rid of get rid of all your pets. They don't want to be uh, near you. Yeah, let them go in the woods. I guess. Yeah, that's where take that's them where to dogs their, are from. That's where they're from. That's where no, they're... take them to a racetrack. Obviously. Oh, I'm so sorry. But yeah, of they're like where they they love to be is uh, making money for their owners. I mean, make, it's more a pride thing, I think, when you're a, a racing chihuahua. Like, it's really less of a like. It's it's not that you're aware of the stakes, like for the humans. It's more right. that you're just like I'll show you. 
Yeah, it's kind of just like, no, at this point, I just want to prove that I'm, I just want to prove myself. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. What little chihuahua, what little long-haired chihuahua doesn't want to prove itself on a racetrack? Mm-hmm. You show me one, and I'll show you a shitty animal. <laughs> <laughs> you show me one, I'll show you a woods where you can release that thing <laughs> yeah, to live right. among its own kind. Uh, but I, I did I did love having a dog, and I, I mean... Uh, you know, those moments where you are on the couch and you're reading or watching something and it like gets up and cuddles with you is like, Would man. you say that that's the bee's knees? Um, you know, it's funny because um, Judo ran through the, uh, uh, we had a fire in the fireplace and he ran through, and it was really smoky and it made me think of like a smoky bee's knees. And here I am drinking uh, exactly that. <laughs> um, Do bees eat like bees... Uh, rub their knees against each other so fast they start fires? Is that what's happening? <laughs> well, no, like the Mezcal bee's knees, uh, because Mezcal is a smoky uh, oh, alcohol, that's all I'm saying. okay. And Judo, Judo is that based on really... a real thing where a bee caught fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's up, Chris. You know what's up. I do. I read the news. Yeah, I that... read the, re- like the real news, like the characters in the X-Files, too. <laughs> like the uh, fire. Yeah, we've, again, like well, every, every, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll leave it up to the listener, but every so often we leave, like, my story to the end, and it just fucking falls well short of, uh, <laughs> of, of, of Dude, a finish line. Dude, my story line. was I watched a 90s TV show. <laughs> yeah, but we How talked, for that, we talked about that for 40 minutes. So, <laughs> we? Yeah, so oh, it's pretty no. good. Oh, no, I'm but, so sorry. No, that was great. I was like into that conversation. If you I, wouldn't mind, I, I want to yeah. go back and talk a little bit more about Frank Black and the spin-off series Millennium. Uh, absolutely, yes. Okay? Absolutely, yes. Do you um, want to talk about, uh, do you see uh, uh, that one with Joshua Jackson that was clearly an X-Files ripoff? No. They tried after the X Files, where it, remember Fringe? when? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Don't watch that. It's not a good show. Oh god, no. I mean, I, I, I'm aware of the show Fringe, but I, I swear I heard people liking that show. Some people did. That was I think, uh, J. J. Yeah. Abrams. Yeah, it was J. J. Abrams. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, J. J. Abrams has never done anything wrong. I have you guys seen <laughs> um, Cloverfield? Yes. It's I thing I love the thing that told me everything I needed to know about that movie is at the very beginning when a title card comes up that says, uh, it's like. 2008 in what the, the the area formerly known as New York City. Right. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, I think I'm going to hate this. Here we go. I think I'm Well, you've got a like sequel to look forward to. Yeah. 10 Cloverfield Lane, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Yep. What a time to be alive, you guys. What a time to be alive. They're, <laughs> they're making reboots and sequels of shitty movies. <laughs> I saw, yeah. Oh, actually, my favorite. I saw this week a Crypt Keeper sequel, uh, reboot uh, is coming. Yeah, I saw. I heard Finally, that. Finally, yeah. Mummy with Hair is going <laughs> to return to tell his weird I just can't wait because I used to, like, my favorite thing, my favorite pastime is uh, falling, like drifting off to sleep with the voice of the Crypt Keeper in my ear, you know? Fun Freeze. fact, guys. <laughs> same co- Same creature shop that did the... Face off, guys. What? Did you see Crypt Are Keeper? Are you serious? That's amazing. I Did saw you? Crypt Keeper. I also saw Robot Bill and Ted from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Is this it, in, where is this? I live a fabulous lifestyle. Apparently. This is what I'm talking about. See? And Ben's like, I'd rather be at home. Whose nose? Ben, I think uh, we have foregone uh, a listener call this week. Uh, you know, I had an idea about this, Chris. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I'm so I'm recording uh, up in New Hampshire. My computer is currently broken, so I'm recording this on my iPad, and that makes it so that I don't have a great way to play uh, something over the air yeah. uh, from a listener. And just to um, keep keeping track, that's, that, keeping track, that's the second time in a week your computer's broken. 
Uh, it's the same problem, but uh, okay. they're going to actually I, fix it this time. Are you saying the good people of New Hampshire don't have good computer techs? <laughs> oh, no, this is in New York. <laughs> Sorry, what, York, uh, yeah. what, what campaign are you attached to again? Uh, uh, and can, we could talk I about it. cannot disclose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, uh, we do have some booze news. And I thought that, uh, you know, people go to Let's Drink About That It and click on the Leave a Voicemail tab on the right side of the screen and leave us voicemails. And we always love to uh, get listener voicemails. But if you uh, don't have a life event that you want a cocktail for, but you did hear something interesting about uh, the spirits world... Um, or the world of spirits. Woo! Uh, uh, go ahead and call that in, or uh, shoot us a tweet or a Facebook message. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I, I, you know, we haven't done a booze news on on the show in a long time, and I think we should do it more often. So, yeah. uh, I think we could uh, outsource some of that to the listeners. If you if you have something that you've heard that's interesting and you want us to look into, or a piece of news. Uh, don't hesitate to send it in. You can investigate it X-Files style. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You guys with flashlights going through a bunch of basements (laughs) looking for things. (laughs) Yep. So, uh, so the, uh, the thing I wanted to talk about this week is, uh, David Wondrich put an article in Sever, uh, uh, about the origin of the word cocktail, which is kind of a, a standing mystery. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of theories that are, pretty plausible seeming but nothing that has any absolute proof i mean it came from uh, the weenies right the what the, the weenies served at parties cocktail weenies right That's oh yeah yeah from. yeah it's a thing to accompany uh, the weenies yeah uh okay. so so um yeah the weenies came first that makes absolute sense to me <laughs> yeah you guys well uh, you, you guys are, are, are obviously i already know what i was going to talk about so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah all right done problem solved weenies uh, came first the ben harrison story so David Wondrich, not only a uh, a great cocktail uh, writer, but also a cocktail historian, and in uh, his 2007 book Imbibe, uh, kind of talked about this mystery. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of uh, a, a number of sources that have been named, like some more crazy ones that it's named after a uh, Aztec princess, and that cocktails were invented in Mexico, and she made like like liquor based drinks for american soldiers or something uh to the plausible but probably wrong which is that it's uh named after the egg cups that some uh that the bartender who gave his name to Peychaud's bitters served drinks in in new orleans um and then there's uh these 1803 references uh which are thought to be the oldest ones um in, uh, and and they're like in fiction and a couple published a couple of, in a couple of newspapers, um, but it's it's hard to figure out how cocktail became the, the word that we use for a mixed spiritus drink, including booze, sugar, bitters, and water, which mm-hmm. is the like oldest, most traditional uh, definition of of the cocktail. But uh, so I guess when he published his book the next year, some English drink historians or yeah, British drink historians, Jared Brown and Anastasia Miller, uh, found a five year earlier mention of the word cocktail in a satirical uh, newspaper article from London. And the the joke was that it was the bar tab of some like corrupt politicians at some bar and cocktail was listed as one of the things 
So this article is about how that was like one like noticeably cheaper than all the other things on the list. And so it made him think that it wasn't what we're thinking of because cocktails have traditionally been a more expensive thing to drink mm-hmm. because like there's work and more expensive ingredients involved, generally speaking. Um, and so he uh, uncovers this uh, this vulgar use of so so they the mention that they find refers to cocktail and then parenthetically vulgarly called ginger and he tracked that to a 1785 book called a classical dictionary of the vulgar tongue which uh refers to uh to figget a horse or to ginger up a horse which uh which means to stick a piece of ginger in a horse's butt, <laughs> which Wait, makes the horse's what? tail cock up, and and that uh, apparently no. makes the horse look healthier if you're trying to sell it. So this is like something that a dishonest horse salesman would do. And uh, <laughs> I hope that's true. I hope so, so too. <laughs> so yeah, so he's saying that like that probably in that in that earlier London reference is referring to just a ginger-based beverage or a spicy beverage of some kind, uh, but that the term was kind of used differently in, in the Americas to mean a mixed alcoholic drink. And hmm. so he's, he's reclaiming the invention of the cocktail for, uh, for the U.S. of A. in this article. Um, but it's a fun read, and uh, I'll try to remember to post a link to it on our, uh, on our post. Cool. Um, but I also just really liked reading about dishonest jerks in 1700s England sticking raw ginger in horses' butts. Poor horse. Yeah. <laughs> it would make my tail go up for oh, sure. Oh, God. Uh, well, um, the more you know. Am I right? Yeah, the more you know. Um, I think that wraps it up for us today, Ben. Yeah, uh, Chris Barube, thank you for coming in. How thank do people you. find you on the internet? Um, you can find at Chris Barube, B-E-R-U-B-E. Um, I, I got to say, it's hard for me to follow up that cocktail story. <laughs> Any piece of information. Like, people at this point are just probably still, like, they've taken off their headphones in disbelief, thrown them on the ground. Taking uh, some ginger, put it up their butt. Mm-hmm, taking some ginger, just to try. Uh, Sanitizing their what, speakers. You need to yeah, see I want to yeah. see how cruel it was, you know? You want to see what ha- I mean, people are probably doing that to see what happens to their tails, so <laughs> I understand why. Um, I, uh, yeah, Chris Brew Band Twitter. Uh, Watch the new season of The X-Files. <laughs> uh, this has been uh, uh, secretly paid, marketing paid for the X-Files season. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and uh, I guess listen to, to Q. Listen to Q. Yeah, yeah. If you are in Canada or, or your public radio station in, in the United States carries it, yeah. You can get it on podcast from CBC.ca, right? Uh, you can, but I uh, I personally prefer the the medium of the radio airwaves. I think podcasting is uh, it's. I don't understand how they get onto my computer machine. I think it's a witchcraft <laughs> of some kind. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're on, probably right. Listen to it on terrestrial radio or go home, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, podcasting Fair. is for assholes. It's Fair. not. I don't, I don't think this thing's gonna make it. I gotta be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Serial invented it. Serial's gonna put it in the grave. <laughs> uh, well, you can follow Chris Bowman on Twitter at Chris B Chicken, and you can follow Benjamin Harrison at Benjamin R A H R, and you can follow our show at Drink About It. We're also on Instagram at Let's Drink About It, as well as Facebook and uh, Tumblr and everything else yeah uh, our 
our, our good friend Lizzie Bartelt runs all that stuff for us. Does a great job. Sure does. She probably probably got a snap chart and a peach going. S- snap chart. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And we should thank Graham Walsh and Jamal Richardson for our theme music. Thank you, and, fellas. Uh, we should thank Paul Watling for our art. Yes. Thank and you, Paul. We should thank Chris Berube for being our lovely intern. Chris Berube, what oh, a champ! What a great guy! Me. What so a much champ! Fun. You guys are—you have a great show. It's really fun to, to come on. So the pleasure's all mine. Oh, not true, Chris. Was, thank you. It was partially ours. I try, insist. Try the Fox Mulder. I would recommend. It is, <laughs> it is awesome. actually a very good drink. I like awesome. It. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, with that, we will be back at you next week with more life events and more drinks to go perfectly with them. Later, potato. Don't choke on your rum and coke. Hey. Yay. All do right. I, do I get one? Yeah. Would you have one? <laughs> yeah. <got> um, one? <clears throat> <clears throat> Sounds good. The truth is out there, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Veronica's was... Uh, Sorry, you know what mine should be? What? Sorry. The vermouth is out there. <laughs> <laughs>